72 of I'm Horrified. 72, episode 72. Is there any, like, songs with 72 in it? 70, no, that's 76, 76 trombones. 72 trombones, I don't know the, what's the... You don't know the tune? No, I don't know the tune. 76 trombones led the big parade with 110 cornets something What the fuck is this? What is this from? You're lying to me. No, I'm not lying to you. I don't trust you. We've told them about what happened, I right? think we have. I just know Allie's a liar and I can't trust her. You know you know what that's from. No, I don't know what that's from. I don't. Okay, it's it's from The Music Man. I've never seen The Music Man. That's you, actually true. You've never I've seen, seen The Music Man. I've never seen The Music Man. I'm not fucking with you. I, I would not do that on air and waste the time. Any Music Man? You've never seen it? No, I've never seen it. I know that my friend was in it. I was in at it. At a community Twice. theater. No, I haven't seen that. I ha- There's a lot of, like, major musicals that I haven't Man. seen. Like, I've never seen Wicked. Um, I love, I, you know I fucking love you fucking Wicked. love Wicked. I've never seen Carousel. I've never Fine. seen. <laughs> yeah, no one cares about Carousel. No one carousels. Hey. hey. Um, I've never seen Hello Dolly. I've never seen like a lot yeah, of the big Hello ones. Hello Dolly's pretty good. We should watch the version of Music Man, and it has Matthew Broderick and Christian Chenoweth in it. That sounds fun. It's a good version. I love the producers of Matthew Broderick. I fucking love the producers. Even though he killed someone with his car. Did he kill someone with his car? He killed somebody with his car. Damn, that's a future episode right yeah, there. Yeah, we could talk about that later. But that's not what we're talking about this week, you guys. <laughs> we're not talking about Matthew Broderick's vehicular <laughs> manslaughter. Just watch. In, like, three episodes, they're going to see, like, Matthew Broderick took vehicular manslaughter, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, they did talk about they it. They did talk about it. Um, no, this week, I'm going to talk about what I feel like it's just been coming down the pike. I'm going to talk about the six wives of Henry VIII. Fan favorite when Sam talks about the Tudors. Everybody loves it. And I, and you know what? Sam loves it, too. You gotta throw the listeners a bone. Um, and I'm throwing myself a bone because nice. I'm gonna talk about Disney live-action remake. Woo! This is a cush episode. <laughs> we both just went right for our interests. We went solely for the things that only we care about. Uh, um, everyone else is gonna hate it. Let's go. But I don't want to take any time away from you, Sam. So... <laughs> Please, please begin. Yeah, so I feel like we've been building up to this episode for a while. Our whole lives. (laughs) We've talked about the Wars of the Roses. We've talked about Bloody Mary and Mary, Queen of Scots. But we have never tackled my life's passion, Henry VIII and his six wives. Yep. At last, the day has come. (laughs) Now you might be wondering, Sam, why now? Why have you finally decided to bless us with this episode on Today of All Days? Well, folks... Very soon, Allie, Becky, and I will be seeing a theatrical event that they seemingly wrote just for me. <laughs> it really does seem like they just made your fanfic a reality. It's called Six, and Six is a feminist pop musical about the six wives of Henry VIII. <laughs> you're literally, like, I, you're glowing like you're pregnant. You're it's so excited. It's just like, has anything ever been more in my niche? No. Maybe the, um, uh, Cruel Intentions musical. Maybe the Cruel Intentions <laughs> Jukebox musical. Both of those, yeah. Those two things are all I'm interested in. If you guys ever needed to, like, sum me up in two pieces of media, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, but so, I'm just having a tutor's moment, and here we go. Now, I feel like everyone and their mother has covered Henry VIII in some way. And I wanted to kind of put something fresh into the discussion, put my own spin on it. And so here, for your listening pleasure are the six wives of Henry VIII ranked by how horrifying I find their deaths. Good. From least horrifying to most horrifying. Let's get in. Um, and I encourage discussion. Maybe by the end of this, you and I will re-rank them. I don't know. You're open to it. I'm open to anything. They're probably going to be right, though. So number six, least horrifying death. Anne of Cleves. 
Anne of Cleves was the fourth wife of Henry. So she is German. She's Protestant. She's a princess. She seems nice and unlikely to stir shit up, which at this point Henry is looking for. Uh, her portrait was painted by Hans Holbein, who's a very famous painter, and sent to Henry. And he was like, dope. She's hot. Let's get married. So Anne comes to England. She doesn't speak any English, by the way. And he's like, perfect. <laughs> but she arrives. And Henry and some of his courtiers are following, like, an old-school courtly love tradition. So they dress in disguises, and they go into the room where Anne is staying. Now, mind you, Henry is um, old and not hot at this point. Back in the day, like, in other during the time of other wives, he was super hot. Uh, he was, like, young and virile, and everyone was into him. But, like, he's not anymore, and he's not used to being a weird old guy. <laughs> So, um, here's what happened as diplomat Eustace Chapois reports. The king went up into the chamber where the said Lady Anne was looking out of a window to see the bull baiting, which was going on in the courtyard. And suddenly he embraced and kissed her and showed her a token which the king had sent for her for a New Year's gift. And she, being abashed and not knowing who it was, thanked him. And so he spoke with her, but she regarded him little but always looked out the window. And when the king saw that she took so little notice of his coming, he went into another chamber and took off his cloak and came in again in a coat of purple velvet. And when the lords and knights saw his grace, they did him reverence. So basically, a random man comes up to Anne and gropes her. And she's like, uh, you're weird. I'm ignoring <laughs> you. And Henry, the random man, gets offended that she's not immediately enraptured by his manly form. Sounds like him. Yep. So all of a sudden, Henry is like, she is actually super ugly. She looks nothing like her portrait. I don't want to marry her. Now, contemporary sources say the portrait is a very good likeness of Anne. Um, but Henry is even now, like, sowing the seeds of, like, I'm not into this girl. The wedding goes on, but Henry literally cannot get it up for a lady that doesn't swoon for him. And they <laughs> don't have sex. As we'll learn, Henry is a horny bastard. So he cannot stay with a butterface bride for that long. <laughs> he tells Anne he wants to end the marriage, and Anne knows how all of his other marriages have ended. Bad. So she agrees to an annulment on the basis of non-consummation. So basically they're like, we're never fucked. It's We never fucked. It's like we never married. We're fine. It's true. So we're going along with what Henry wanted. Anne receives tons of money and houses, and Henry and Anne actually become very good friends. She becomes an honorary member of the king's family and is referred to as the king's beloved sister. Nice. Right? So she is invited to court, um, and Henry decrees that she will be given precedence over all women in England, save his own wife and daughters. And she lives out her life uh, rich in England. She dies most likely of cancer at the age of 41. She's actually the last of Henry's wives to die. I'd give her death a 7 out of 10, not a bad way to go. No, I mean, 41's basically, like, 80. Yeah, right? I took a point or two off for the cancer. That probably was no fun. But, like, not bad. No, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Number five, Catherine Parr. So Catherine Parr is Henry's last wife. She had already been married twice before Henry began courting her, so she kind of, like, was used to the whole rigmarole of it. But at the time, she was desperately in love with a man named Thomas Seymour, and they were planning on getting married. However, when the king wants you, you cannot say no. It's true. <laughs> so Catherine breaks it off with her boyfriend Tom, and she and Henry marry in 1543. Catherine is, by all accounts, a pretty good queen. She's a really moderating force on the king. 
she tries to make it so that he's on good terms with both of his daughters, who he's been, like, estranged from one or the other for their entire lives. She wants, like, all three of his kids to get along. And her relationship with Henry is more like that of a nurse and patient than, like, two people who really (laughs) want to bone down. So that's all good. Henry dies in 1546, and then Catherine is pretty much free to live her life. Thomas Seymour quickly comes back into the picture. He had been sent away when they got married because Henry had known that, like, he and she and he and Catherine had had a thing. Yeah, so he's like, I'm gonna get your boy toy out of here. Yeah, that's but the so first thing. He comes back. They marry within six months of Henry's death, which King Edward and Lady Mary do not like, and she's kind of now on the outs with the royal family. But she's like, I'm in love, so who cares? So Someone's gonna care. Catherine's doing well. She's got her man, and actually, her favorite stepchild, Elizabeth, is living with her. So she's actually very happy because she's never had children of her own. So she really considers, like, the royal children hers, which is nice. That is nice. Um, And nice since all their mothers have been, like, (laughs) banished or murdered. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then, shockingly, in March of 1548, at the age of 35, Catherine becomes pregnant. So Catherine had been married three times. She had never had a child. And all of a sudden, at 35, which is, like, very late to have a child in Elizabethan England, she gets pregnant. The pregnancy was a big surprise, and the bad news is that Thomas Seymour is already kind of over her. Oh no. And the person he has taken an interest in is Lady Elizabeth. <gasps> Ew! Yeah. So he had been plotting to marry her before he had married Catherine, is like the rumor. And it's reported that Catherine discovers the two in an embrace. <gasps> I know. So Elizabeth's like a teenager at that point, and it's, it's very unclear whether like she was interested in Thomas Seymour or if, like, he was kind of just being a creep. It's, like, very not clear. But Elizabeth is sent away in May of 1548 and never saw her beloved stepmother again, which is very sad. Oh, no. Men fucking everything up. I know, right? So Catherine gives birth to her only child, a daughter, who she names Mary Seymour after her stepchild, Princess Mary. Um, And so she gives birth in August of 1548. And just a few days later, in September of 1548, Catherine dies of what is thought to be childbed fever, which is an imi- an illness that was common due to lack of hygiene around childbirth. Yeah, it's probably, like, sepsis yeah. is what happened. So, um, I'm giving this death, uh, like, a 5 out of 10. Wouldn't want it, but not the end of the world. And she had, like, a fine life before that. Yeah, so, uh, I, I took another point off because, like, her marriage wasn't in a great place. It's true. So, there's that. Number four. Jane Seymour. Jane. So Jane Seymour is Henry's third wife, um, and the person that Henry considered the love of his life, because she died before he got sick of her. Um, (laughs) So true. (laughs) That's science. I'm sorry. So they met while Henry was still with Anne Boleyn, who I'm going to talk about. And Jane is, like, the opposite of Anne in every way. She's blonde. She's sweet. She's demure. She's totally willing to do whatever Henry says, and she's down to fuck before marriage. So, she's just, like, his total ideal. Ideal, yeah, package. And when he finally gets rid of Anne, uh, they marry, uh, and they get married in 1536. Jane is considered kind of, like, up, like, um, stuck up and formal, but kind overall. Um, and she works really hard to reunite Lady Mary with her father, um, because they have been estranged ever since he divorced Lady Mary's mom. Then, in January 1537, Jane becomes pregnant. This is huge news because Henry's been really needing a son and he doesn't have one. So Jane takes her pregnancy really, really seriously. She takes no public engagement. She leads a really quiet life. 
Um, she has the best midwives and royal physicians in the kingdom, and she goes into confinement in September of 1537, and finally gives birth in October to the coveted male heir, the future King Edward, um, at two o'clock in the morning. He's kind of a little bitch, though. I mean, he dies really young. So he dies a little bitch. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're like a little bitch from (laughs) seven to fifteen. Yeah, I'd say, you know, you either die a little bitch or you live long enough to see yourself become the total dickbag. Yeah, I would absolutely (laughs) agree with that. That's just, you know, the rule. So, Edward's born. It's thrilling. Edward is the only legitimate son of Henry to survive infancy. He had had some before, but they had all died as children. But all is not well. Mm. Jane's labor had been very difficult, lasting two days and three nights. Probably because the baby was, like, not positioned right to be born in her body childbirth before like 1995 (laughs) sounds like a goddamn nightmare i know right so after the christening it becomes clear that jane is seriously ill and she ultimately dies on october 24th at hampton court palace just like two weeks after her son is born i gave this death a four out of ten so much potential wasted i know like if she had just lived Maybe everything would have been chill. Maybe she would have had more sons, you know? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Then we wouldn't have gotten Elizabeth. I know. It's it all fine. worked out. It but ends up being sad. But she seemed nice. Number three. Here comes my baby, Anne Boleyn. Yay. Oh, there's two above her? <laughs> yeah. Great. So, um, Anne Boleyn was Henry's second queen, the woman with a pussy so bomb she invented Anglicanism. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I wish, I wish my pussy was that good. It's just not. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I can maybe, like, create a principality. Wow. You know? But not a whole religion. No. Um, so Anne was gorgeous, mysterious, smart, a big flirt, and would not bone Henry without a ring on her finger. That's right, babies. Henry desperately wants her, but he is married at the time to his first wife, Catherine of Aragon. Killer. But, well, Henry's a problem solver, right? So he finds a passage in Leviticus that says that he should not have married his brother's wife, which Catherine was, which I'll talk a little bit more about in her segment. He goes to the Pope and he's like, Leviticus, right? We should get annulled, right, Pope? And the Pope, um, I think both because he believes this, but also he's the prisoner of Catherine's nephew. So he um, he's like, uh, no, I'm not going to grant you this divorce. I think it's fine that you guys are married. I think Leviticus would have been cool with it. Yeah, fair enough. And Henry's like, no, I think Leviticus would have been pretty fucking pissed. Yeah. Um, and the Pope's like, you're not getting a divorce. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I know what you're going for and it's not going to work out. I'm not annulling this marriage. Basically, Henry's like, I want the marriage annulled. It has to be annulled by a religious body. And the Pope won't do it. You know who else could be a religious body? Me. And so they Just basically me. like create the Church of England. Uh, Just so they, within England, have the right to annul marriages the way that only the Pope used to be able to do. So Henry gets that annulment, and he and Anne finally marry in 1532. However, being actually married is not as fun as fucking around. That's very true. (laughs) Might be a surprise to some of you, but it's actually not that great. And so tensions quickly grow between the royal couple. They have a daughter, Elizabeth. Great. But Henry really, really wants a son. He needs a son. Part of the reason he got divorced from his last wife is because she couldn't give him a son. So, Anne, you really got to give him a son. Yeah. And you really should have just given him a son before you got married. Yeah. But you wouldn't fuck. Yeah. Classic mistake. Anne gets pregnant again. 
Uh, and everyone's like, this is going to be the prince that was promised, uh, to borrow a term from Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, but then, this is disputed. Some people say that Henry fell off his horse during a joust and it really stressed Anne out. And then she miscarried a few days later. But I prefer an alternate version of the story, which is that Anne walked into a room and saw Jane Seymour sitting on Henry's lap and she flew into a rage and then miscarried. Yeah. Did that happen? So it's either both. Those are the two stories that circulate about why Anne miscarried. That's a much better one. Yeah. The much better one is that she literally saw a blonde whore (laughs) sitting on Henry's lap and she freaked out. I wish that. Um. Unfortunately, the child that she miscarries is a son. So had she carried that child to term, she kind of would have been made in the shade. And now he's like, you're fully a witch. Yeah. <laughs> so. so in the meantime, between when Anne and Henry had gotten married and now, Catherine of Aragon has passed away. So if Anne was out of the picture, Henry could get married again without all of the religious rigmarole. Like, his first wife, who some people still consider his wife, is dead. So it's like, if I wasn't currently married to Anne, everyone would be chill with me getting remarried. Anne knows this and is really freaked out about it. As Anne is recovering from her miscarriage, Henry declared that he had been seduced into the marriage by means of sortilege, which is a French term indicating either deception or spells. So much like you said, he's literally like, she was like a witch. Like, she hypnotized me with her with her bomb pussy and now i'm here married and i don't really want to be uh his new mistress jane seymour is quickly moved into the royal quarters and all the people who don't like anne at court and there is a lot of them see, she made some enemies <laughs> she really did see their opening and they pounce they accuse anne of adultery with like seven different dudes including her own brother and the king is like sounds good to me Seems right. She's like, oh, what's happening? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Let's do that. Um, It's not clear if Anne was really adulterous. Most historians now are pretty sure she was not. At the very least, she almost definitely was not with her brother. But But what does that matter? (laughs) But we weren't there. But probably she was not actually adulterous. So uh, in May of 1536, Anne is arrested and taken to the Tower of London by Barge. Um, William Kingston, the constable of the tower, reported that Anne seemed very happy and ready to be done with life. Oh, God. Um, she had been really depressed because her, like, her, the people who got arrested as, like, her lovers were, like, all her friends and also her brother. So she had been miserable that they had been in jail away from her and she hadn't been able to see them. And then they were all executed, like, a day or two before she was. So by the time it was, like, her execution... She was like, yeah, everyone I care about just got executed because of me. Yeah, slice me. So, (laughs) honestly, slice me up. Um, Henry had commuted Anne's sentence. Originally, she had been sentenced to death by burning. Fuck me up. But he was like, we can just behead her. And rather than having the queen beheaded with a common axe, he brought in an expert swordsman from France to perform the execution. Just a little fancier. That's nice. And so on the morning of Friday, May 19th, Anne Boleyn is executed within the tower, accompanied by two female attendants. Anne had made her final walk to the scaffold, and she showed a, quote, devilish spirit and looked, quote, as gay as if she were not going to die. (laughs) (laughs) Me at work every morning. (laughs) And so she, she steps up to the scaffold. She says a brief farewell to her weeping ladies. 
Um, she requests their prayers. She kneels down, and one of the ladies ties a blindfold over her eyes. She's not over a block like you would like you imagine executions. She's kneeling up because that's the French style, um, which she just was a total francophile. That Anne, sexy. And then the swordsman swings his sword. She is executed in a single stroke. I gave this death a three out of ten. It really sucks, but she does die with style. It's very true. It's incredibly stylish, her death, which I think she would have appreciated. It sounds pretty hot. Yeah, right? All right, time for number two, worst deaths, Catherine of Aragon. Catherine is Henry's first wife. She is the OG. And she's also the wife of his older brother, Arthur. Arthur had been the original kind of Prince of Wales, but he had died shortly after his marriage to Catherine when they were both still teenagers. Catherine was like, we were so young. They were literally like 15 and 16, I think. Mm -hmm. So she was like, we were so young, we did not consummate the marriage. Like, we were babies, basically. And so, when Henry comes of age, he marries her, because it's like she still has all these great connections. She was the princess of Spain. Um, And they had never fucked, so it wasn't a big deal. So he was like, great, we're married now. She's like a few years older than him, so maybe he's like into cougars at the time. That makes (laughs) sense. Right? Doesn't it? Doesn't that feel like Henry? And so Catherine gives Henry his eldest daughter, Mary, but unfortunately no other living children with him, specifically not the boy he needs. So she has a lot of miscarriage. She has a couple stillbirths. She has a couple children that die like one or two days after being born. It's very, very sad. Um, But Henry, like, is just kind of miserable that he does not have a living son. But other than that, they are a very functional couple. Like, she's fine with him having mistresses. It seems like they respect each other overall. Like, they are perfectly fine for a royal couple until Anne Boleyn rolls in and ruins everything. Yeah, that's what she does. So Henry desperately wants to fuck Anne, needs to marry her in order to do that, and says to Catherine, like, I want to annul this on the basis that you and Arthur were married and had sex. And Catherine's like, but we didn't. And then Henry's like, okay, but like you did because in Leviticus it says that if a man marries his brother's wife, he will be childless. And Catherine's like, but we have a a living, we have a child, we have Mary. And Henry's like, well, when they say childless, like the only child children that count are the boy children. So that's why. So... The Leviticus counts, and you probably fucked my brother, and will you just annul this marriage from me so I can go and and fuck this 20-year-old? And Catherine's like, no. (laughs) Fuck off. She's like, I'm married to you. I'm anointed as Queen of England. I have lived here for the majority of my life. I've been your partner for years and years and years. I'm not going to let you just put me aside. And more importantly, she's not going to let him push Mary aside. Yeah. And so Henry does not like that. He is uh, not someone who likes being challenged. Really? I know. It doesn't sound so unlike him. It doesn't sound like him, right? Um, And basically steamrolls over her. Like, there's all these accounts of her, like, on her knees before him just being like, what have I done to offend you? Like, I have done my best to be a good wife to you. Like, what is your problem? Yeah, honestly. And Henry's just like, I just don't want to be married to you anymore. I need to fuck this other brunette. I don't know what to say. Catherine's actually a redhead. That's a fun fact. Oh. Yeah. She had, like, beautiful auburn hair. I'm just thinking about, um, the, the Catherine. No, the Catherine <laughs> who was in the other Malin girl. Oh. She was brunette. She was brunette as well. Yeah, a lot of people assume she was brunette because she was Spanish. 
So, like, the image of, like, a Spanish beauty is, like... That's what the film, film and... directors of the other Berlin girl went for, I yeah. suppose. But no, she had a, uh, she had some some red-ass hair in real life. Love that. That's beautiful. I love that for her. Um, but so, Henry gets his annulment, which fucking sucks. And Catherine is, like, sent off to live in various castles far, far away. Until the end of her life, Catherine refers to herself as Henry's only lawfully wedded wife and England's only rightful queen, and her servants continue to address her by that title, which I love as a move. Like I said, Catherine is, like, banished to various castles. She confines herself to one room. She dresses only in a hair shirt from the Order of St. Francis, and she fasts constantly. And she is permitted occasional visitors, but the one person she is not allowed to see or write to is her daughter, Mary. Henry offers both mother and daughter better quarters and permission to see each other if they acknowledge Anne Boleyn as the new queen, and both of them say, fuck you. And they don't do it. But unfortunately, that means they never see each other again. Sad. I know. It's very, very sad. Catherine ultimately dies in 1536, and rumors circulate that she has been poisoned by Anne or Henry, or maybe both, as Anne had threatened to murder her. On several occasions. Wow. Um, yeah, she had been like, wouldn't my life be easier if I just fucking killed Catherine? And everyone was like, cool. Honestly, it would be. So. Yeah. Um, and the rumors um, grow because she gets, like, embalmed and they find that, like, her heart has this huge black growth on it. <gasps> Catherine's. And they're like, oh my god, like, she was poisoned. Poison. Um, modern historians think she probably had cancer, but. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Um, I gave this uh, a, a, a 2 out of 10. What a sad death. That is very sad. All right, and now here's my number one. I think this is a controversial pick, but I want you to hear me out on this one. Give me it. Number one saddest death, Catherine Howard. I can't remember how she died. You're about to find out, baby. Yeah, that's the whole point. Catherine Howard is Henry's fifth wife. She is 16 and he is 49 when they marry in 1540. Ugh. Yikes. Uh, Henry is, like, obsessed with his hot young wife. But Catherine is 16 and maybe doesn't get what it's actually going to take to be Henry's bride. So he's just like, she's gorgeous. She's the pinnacle of womanhood. She's wonderful. And Catherine is like, um, what if I get involved with Henry's favorite male courtier, Thomas Culpepper? You can't do that. She wants to, though. I feel like she kind of thought, like, he fucks around. Like, I can fuck around. That's what royals do. We fuck around. Uh, just the boy ones I know. are allowed to do that. Not what she, she didn't realize that. So they traded a lot of love letters. Culpepper called Catherine my little sweet fool in a love letter. Nice. Which, ouch. I can't believe negging has existed since the 1500s, <laughs> but okay. Sounds like Luke P. <laughs> um, and it had been alleged that the pair were meeting secretly. At the same time, people begin blackmailing Catherine because they know she used to hook up with a bunch of guys before she joined the royal court, and that Henry will not be happy to learn that his, like, beautiful teenage bride had fucked around before he ever met her, in addition to now that they've met and are married. Of course, he learns anyways when they find a love letter to Culpepper written in Catherine's hand. Uh, it's pretty much all over. Oh, no. So keep in mind, this is why I'm ranking her number one. Catherine is 17 when all of this goes down. Yeah. Oh, God. So the lords at the council come for her, and she panics and screams out loud, and they manhandle her into the waiting barge that will escort her to the tower. 
Catherine um, spent the night there and she requested an execution block be brought to her room so she can practice placing her head on it. Fuck! Which is just, like, so sad. She is so nervous about it. She stays up all night practicing and she is exhausted the next morning. So she does not have the strength to walk up to the scaffold by herself and has to be helped up. And she goes up, according to popular folklore, which, like, this might not be true, but I like it more. Her last words were, I die a queen, but I would have rather died the wife of Culpepper. (gasps) And she is beheaded. One out of ten. Yikes. So sad. Yeah, such a bummer. Just because I think, like, it was irresponsible of him to marry a 16-year-old. And she was a child She was a child. Yeah. Yep, that's the worst one. I agree. Right? So so how do we feel about my rankings? Those I mean, are the six wives. Anne made some choices. Let's be real. <laughs> she was throwing herself into the belly of the beast there. Yes. Did she deserve to have her head cut off? No. Probably not. But did she kind of see that as one of the possible solutions down the line? Yeah, she probably may've. she did. Yeah. Probably she did. Um, but this little one, she didn't know. I think she was just stupid. I think she was probably just stupid. She was a sweet little fool. <laughs> like Yeah, like you said. Just like Culpepper Connor. I think this is right on the money all right if you disagree don't tweet at me i don't want to know your wrong opinion (laughs) that's not true please tweet at me if you have a different thought if you have other stories about these six women that you think would illuminate this list further um as you guys know i'm a big nerd for this so yeah she fucking loves it any thoughts you got anything you can send me would be lit as hell but yeah those are those are the six wives of henry the eighth presented in a way you've probably never heard it before i'm I love it. I'm just glad that I have this wealth of information and also your rankings in my brain now. What can I say? <sighs> Alrighty. Hey, horror honeys. We hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, we hope you'll subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at I'm Horrified Pod. Your support means the world to us. And if you're not enjoying the show, why are you still listening? Maybe you do like the show. I'm I'm ready to dive into something. I find equally fascinating. I think it is equal cultural relevance <laughs> yeah, to history. Yep. We're going to talk about Disney's live remakes. Woo! Woo! Let's fuck it up! The live action remakes, Alrighty. So, I just couldn't stop myself, could I? <laughs> um, this is actually Sam's idea. It was. You were like, yeah. I'm not feeling inspired. And then I sent I you... think of anything. I sent you a couple ideas, but I knew which one you would choose. No, yeah, you just kind of hid it in there, like, as if I wasn't going to pick that one, because <laughs> you're kind. Um, and I mean, we all know that I love Disney so much that it's compounding into my pre-existing mental illnesses, right? (laughs) We knew that. Um, and I love all the animated movies in addition to the theme parks. I've been forcing Sam to rewatch them for months now. I've enjoyed it. How many have we watched? Which ones have we watched together? I'm trying to remember. Together? We watched... Princess and the Frog. Princess and the Frog. We watched Hercules a while back. Hercules slaps. We watched... um, Which one did I have a DVD? Oh, that was Princess and the Frog. We watched a few of them. Yeah, we watched a bunch. I just watched um, Peter Pan Mm -hmm. and one of the live-action remakes that I'll talk to you about Uh on a plane. Um, So, as we've all been noticing, the world of Disney has been making some bold choices. (laughs) Um, Don't they always? (laughs) And by bold, you mean, in a way, not bold at all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, most specifically, they have been taking beloved franchises and wringing them out like a hand towel for content. Um, Nowhere is this so obvious as the Disney live-action remake. 
So we recently told you all about how we went on a drunken brigade to go see the new Aladdin movie. We did. We really did. <laughs> and I'll say it, Will Smith was charming. He was fun. Nassim Padrad was he great. He just was, yeah. I wasn't mad about no, the movie No, I wasn't at all. mad about the movie. A lot of people were. I wasn't too mad about it. Um, on the whole, the movie was not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, so when I say Disney live action remake, I am referring to a movie that is a direct retelling of a Disney animated classic with live characters Mm -hmm. or direct retelling focusing on a prominent character yeah in um in the Disney canon if you will so let's break down the history of Disney live action remakes it's pretty recent actually it really is the first one was in 1994 so in 1994 was the jungle book and I know what you're thinking wasn't it more recent than 1994? Yeah, 1994 was when we were born. <laughs> yeah, so there was a Jungle Book remake before the 2016 Jungle Book remake that everybody forgot about. Yeah. <laughs> and it remains the first Disney live-action remake. The only thing I care about here is that um, Lena Headey from Game of Thrones is, like, Mowgli's love interest. Interesting. I don't know anything else about it. Um, next up, 1996, 101 Dalmatians. This is a remake I saw before the original movie. I didn't even know that there was an animated 101 Dalmatians, because I was born in 1994. Um, most people didn't like it, but Glenn Close as Cruella DeVille was a revelation. Yeah, I remember that being fine. Yeah. There was a concern following the movie's release, as there was a spike in puppy adoption and subsequent abandonment. Oh, God! Which is horrifying! Um, and not what the film wanted, I assume. All right, then four years later in 2000, we get 102 Dalmatians, and it is more of the same. It's worth saying, um, as we close out the 90s, that perhaps the beginning of the live-action remakes in the 90s was due to the Disney Renaissance. For those idiots who don't know what the Disney Renaissance is, are you one of those idiots, Sam? I roughly know. You kind of know. Um, It's the period from 1989 to 1999 when Disney Animation Studios released all their bangers. Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Hunchback, Mulan, and others. Um, it defined the generation. It really did. <laughs> defined our childhoods. It was a huge level of success for the struggling corporation, so they were probably looking to capitalize on everything in lots of different ways. So then we see no more live action remakes for 10 years until 2010. I find this interesting. I don't know why this happened. Yeah. Um, so in 2010, we get Alice in Wonderland. I just remember this movie being overwhelmingly Tim Burton-y. Yeah. I in just, every conceivable way. I thought it was, like, I remember, like, overload. I was just like, that was too much happening. Yeah, so, basically, it was visually beautiful, but had no plot, but also had way too much CGI. So, it was very difficult to watch. Anne Hathaway In a lot there. of ways. Yes, Anne Hathaway was there. Johnny Depp was there, obviously. Ugh. So was, um... Helen Bottom Carter, because yes. she's in all of Tim Burton's movies. They were probably still together, though. Um, Yeah, I know. But were they ever really together? Yeah, so. they were. They have they two were. children, I think. No, they were, yeah. Um, Next up, Maleficent. I will admit, I have not seen Maleficent. Um, but I've heard relatively positive things about it. Angelina Jolie stars as the misunderstood villain of Sleeping Beauty. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, it had fairly positive critical yeah, reception. Yeah, I heard good things about it too. Lindsay Ellis has a great video on Disney villains where she breaks down a little bit, um, how her story is an allegory for sexual assaults mm-hmm. and how, like, it's a woman's journey through that pain into, growth like, and... into growth and, you know, anger and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which I find interesting, if not a little, uh, <laughs> but it was a commercial success, mixed to positive critical reviews. Um, everyone thought that Jolie was fabulous in it. And a, and a cool, interesting thing to do to, like, focus a live-action remake on a villain. Yeah, they wicketed it. Yeah. They could have um, just made Sleeping Beauty, but they did They could have just made fucking Wicked. Um, but, all right. Then we have Cinderella, one of the most recognizable Disney fairy tales of all time. This was directed by Kenneth Branagh and starred Lily James as their clumsy shoe-finding protagonist. Um, This is the most critically acclaimed so far. I liked it. Yeah, people loved it. Um, People were like, well, they didn't love it. They were like, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, that (laughs) was was my reaction. Was the um, reaction. And I have nothing else to say about it except for that the only purpose Lily James serves to me is as a young Donna Sheridan in Mamma Mia 2. Um, I'd like to give a special shout-out in the movie to the tight, tight tight pants that Richard Madden wears as Prince Charming. They are, uh, and I know I'm, I must say this again, so tight <laughs> on his on his thick thighs. And thank God. And it made me miss Rob Stark a little less. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, Highly recommend 10 out of 10. <laughs> fabulous. Um, so with that image in mind, we finally made it to the 2016 Jungle Book. I always have that image in mind. Um... <laughs> We're the 2016 Jungle Book. <laughs> um, this is a good film. Um, I remember liking it. John Favreau directed it. He directed like a fuck ton of Marvel movies. This was a critical darling. People loved it. Um, you didn't like it, I guess, well, based on your face. The thing I don't like about it is that they were like live action Jungle Book, but 99% of it was CGI. People loved it. I don't know what to say. It's not live action, though. Shere Khan has never been so hot. Because he was voiced by Idris Elba. Also, like, live action means, like, what are they supposed to do? Like, make people get around and walk on the ground as panthers? I guess just, like, not make a live action version of that movie. It was good, though. Okay. You disagree? I haven't really seen it. Okay, then fuck off. Okay. (laughs) Immediately, you're just like, yeah, no, I will. Absolutely. (laughs) I'll do that right now. No, but, like, there's a... There's a boy, like a, a human skin boy. Yeah. <laughs> a skin, great. A skin boy. I'm thrilled. I don't know if that... Is that a slur? He has Jesus, human skin. How could that be? I don't know. He's just... I'm saying, like, it's he's not a, like... He's a human boy. It's like Mowgli in the animated thing is like, that's a boy, but I'm saying, like, it's a human being yeah, being filmed. He is not CGI. He is a person. That... I could have said that. Um. So, whatever. It was extremely well-reviewed by critics at any rate. Um, also in 2016 is Alice Through the Looking Glass. I just don't care. I didn't look at anything about this. Um, no one cared. Um, after that was Beauty and the Beast. Interestingly enough, this is the movie that I just watched on a plane. Oh, fun! A couple days ago. So this movie stars Emma Watson and the sparkly-eyed, doughy-faced Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey, who I've never fully forgiven for what he did. I'm still attracted to him. Uh, Are you really? Ugh, no. Yeah. Works for me. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. (laughs) I'm not saying it makes sense. Uh, You just know your truth. When I see his dumb blonde face, I'm like, (laughs) all right. It's just so dumb and blonde. He looks like Hitler Youth, kind of, to me. Well, that's not why I'm attracted to him. I'm not saying he is. I'm just, you know. I think he looks like um, a soft boy too soft. Can you be too soft? 
That's I, not even fat phobic. I'm saying like he looks too sensitive and yeah, like his no, skin I'm not would su- be too soft to the touch. Mm. Um, we gotta move on. We must. <laughs> uh, so this movie received generally positive reviews, um, but from like a filmy film standpoint, it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, still, I liked it for some reason. The only thing that was garbage was how Disney was like jerking itself off for months because they were like, we've got a gay character. Oh yeah, there's and a gay he does in this. gay stuff. And then Josh Gad literally like, and I was like, I can't wait to see Lumiere blow concert <laughs> in this movie. I am pumped for that. Um, all we get, all the only little bone they throw us is Josh Gad like almost starts dancing with another dude and then it cuts and then it cuts as if like a it was like a live television show <laughs> panning away from like somebody stripping <laughs> like it was so a split second yeah shame on you disney it's not a surprise i do have to brag for a second though that my close family friend john who is also a listener hi john i hope you're listening hi john he works on a tv show called star versus the forces of evil which is on disney xd and that show had disney's first actual gay kiss great job so way to go them thanks for john shoving <laughs> disney into the light i'm so um, glad the gay agenda is finally working i want a gay kiss in like a feature film yeah they could have had them kiss so easily easy peas in a minute same with um marvel and thor ragnarok they were gonna have um valkyrie be like the first like bi or like gay character and they didn't but then they like they cut out the scene of like her with what was clearly supposed to be like her lover so it just seemed like they might have been friends so fuck off it was a bummer come on oh okay whatever um i mean not whatever but we gotta move on yeah um all right next up christopher robin based off of winnie the pooh oh fuck i forgot about this i find this hysterical because they made a whole film about christopher robin who's a, a. milne's son but his son famously hated the books like, hated his dad, <laughs> didn't want to be involved in the canon, um, but whatever. It's a beloved children's tale. Critical reception was fine, leaning towards positive. It was nothing to write home about. Are you seeing a pattern here? <laughs> Are they getting worse? No, it's just, like, they're all, like, it was fine. Like, that's, it's not even, like, they're so bad or they're so good. It's all, like, yeah, no, that was something. All right, now we're in this year. It's 2019, the present. Um, We have three releases already with more to come, wink, wink. The first being Dumbo. I didn't see it, but I heard it was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Critical reception was poor. I will say that my favorite band in the whole world is Arcade Fire, and um, they did a cover of Baby Mine, which was fine. But it, like, unnecessary. It was unnecessary, but it piqued my interest. Yeah. and that's all I know about it. Uh, Jenny Nicholson has a fantastic video about Dumbo, so yes. you should go watch that. It's very funny. <laughs> all right, fuckers. It's time for Aladdin. Um, Sam, I'm exhausted. So yeah. why don't you just tell me what we thought of Aladdin? It was fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was they. We didn't like um, the princess's new song. Oh, it sucked. We thought Will Smith was good. He was good. Um, I found Aladdin to be fine, not as hot as the cartoon, which is weird to say, but is just my truth. Yeah, I'd rather fuck the cartoon, I guess. Yeah. And, um, overall, we felt it was, uh, a, a fine thing, but unnecessary. Worth the $8 we spent on it. Yeah. We got a little drunk beforehand, so I wonder if that changed our minds. I don't think we could have done it without that. That's true. You were, you got drunker than you intended to see Aladdin. I was pretty lit. Yeah. 
Um, that's Aladdin. We talked about Aladdin already. We gotta move on. Um, okay, and just released this month, the final movie on our list, The Lion King. I, I have not seen it yet. Me neither. Uh, I don't know if I will. <laughs> Me neither. Um, I will direct everyone's attention to the BuzzFeed article by Scotchy Cool. Uh, quote, I really wanted the Lion King to slap. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll quote from her in an excellent encapsulation of all Disney live action remakes. Um, quote, I kept on believing until I saw the movie itself. In reality, this particular iteration of the Lion King is, I suppose, the best version of a bad idea. Disney's not going to stop making live-action movies, even though they are, A, pretty terrible, and B, all live in the uncanny valley, (laughs) and C, aren't very thoughtful about entertaining the adult audiences who are the ones actually buying tickets. But Disney doesn't give a shit that you don't like its movies, so the most you can hope for is that the movie tugs at nostalgia's heartstrings. Insofar as craven cash grabs go, this is the best result. My firm belief that this movie would be good was, then, maybe less about the promise of quality and more about how low the bar has been set for a Disney redux. True. I mean, don't get me wrong, this was no boss baby. (laughs) So I think that's a pretty good encapsulation of it. Um, and there you have it. That's all the Disney live-action remakes. Um, so we're done, right, Sam? We're all done. I have a, I have a feeling. Do you know at the end of horror movies where like they kill the villain, but then they look and his body is gone, it's and like, they're like, maybe yeah. he's alive. That happens in Halloween with um, what's her face from Freaky Friday, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, in Halloween, she like tries to kill. I mean, spoilers for Halloween. It's from like the seventies, but she like goes to kill him, and then she's like, ah, 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 and she like puts the knife down, and she's like not calling the police or running away from his corpse or anything. And then he like gets up behind her and he's still alive. No! And then he's got to do it. That happens four times. <laughs> like you'd think the second time she'd be like, don't move fucker. Or yeah. like slowly, I would just like or saw his head off. House. Yeah. So there's like no way. No doubt. Um, that's what I'm doing to you now, basically. Yeah. You're going to need to saw my head off if you want me to stop <laughs> talking about this. Um, so I named all the Disney live action remakes. There are 13 in total since 1996. Okay. Um, now, Sam, how many more do you think are in the works? I know about two okay. off the top of my head. I'm going to say five. Great. Three in development that I don't really know about. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, so there are 12. What? <laughs> There's 12 of them. <laughs> I don't need those. There's 12, Sam. <laughs> I only need five. We have 13 since 1996, and we can expect 12 more in the not-so-distant future. Lord. Two of them will grace our screens before this year is through. Oh. Um, and Will Smith is in every goddamn one of them. <laughs> no, that's not true. Imagine if that was. Um, I wish. So, what do we have to look forward to? Um, the things that are actually, like, in the goddamn can coming out are, um... Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Oh, I forgot that Maleficent got a sequel. So that's coming out in October. Um, Lady and the Tramp is coming out on Disney Plus. Oh, Disney Plus. About. The streaming service. I think it's probably going to be Real Dogs, which might be cute. That could be fun. Like, Real Dogs doing cute stuff. Okay. Fine with it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Then we have Mulan. I know about in Mulan. 2020. I saw the trailer. I'm interested. Yeah. I loved Mulan as a kid. I'm sad that there's not going to be General Shang. Excuse me? He's not in it. Did you not know that? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Allie looks absolutely <laughs> upset right now. Oh, no. No, I didn't know. I just saw the poster. I thought that she looked really cool. No, I mean, it's not about her man. It's about her. Yeah. They're being more true, I guess, to the original, like, Chinese myth. That's good. Which That's is which is objectively good. Absolutely And ideal. I'm not going to miss Mushu. 
No, I'm not going to miss that. But I will a little bit miss General Shine. I worry about Eddie Murphy a lot. Like, really? If he's well or, you know I what think I mean? He's got so much money. Yeah, but I just feel like... <laughs> he really needed Mushu. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, all okay, right. so Mulan. After Mulan is Cruella. What? So it's like a Maleficent, but Cruella. Okay, is and it, it Glenn better Close? Be ben- Glenn Close, but I'm, otherwise I'm not interested. All right, then we have another Disney Plus one, The Sword in the Stone. That's oh. that be cool. That's like a weird ulti title. Yep. And then we have, um, I mean, the brimming controversy that is The Little Mermaid. Uh, um, because black people can't be mermaids. No. Don't they know? <laughs> I saw the funniest Doesn't tweet. anyone read? The, oh, God. The best tweet ever that I'll have to find again was it some guy tweeting and he was like, um, you know, it's just that. It's, we're on record that there can't be any black mermaids because only white people go into the ocean and fuck fish. <laughs> <laughs> the white race has a proud tradition of <laughs> swimming into the ocean, fucking fish, and having half fish, half human children. And no other race has done that. And I was like, this guy wins Twitter. I fucking love him. I love that. Um, yeah, the little mermaid looks like it's going to be great. Um Harry Styles might be Eric, which would be excellent. I don't know how I feel about oh, that. Oh, it would be excellent. Shut up. I think that would be great. Ugh. Um, How do you feel about it? Not good? I don't know. I just, I wasn't a big directioner, so like, I would like to see Harry Styles dead. <laughs> Not that far. What the fuck is this? <laughs> She's defending him in the, if you don't know the viral video that I'm quoting, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just, like, I had a big crush on Prince Eric back in the day, so I just want someone who, like, I'm attracted to, which isn't fair to put on a movie for children. No, it's not fair. <laughs> um, he's like, if I don't get a boner to this, what's the point? <laughs> now I know how men feel. Right. <laughs> yeah, honestly. All right. Um, then we get the Hunchback of Notre Dame. They're making a live-action Hunchback? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there that were a feels- bunch of live-action Hunchbacks in, you know, like, the 60s and 30s. Ugh, still feels ill-advised. No, I'm, this is all ill-advised, but, like, they're doing it. I hope that they ratchet the weird, sexual, um, like, batty fetish between Frollo and um, Esmeralda, Esmeralda up to a thousand. I hope... They went so goddamn far in the animated film. They did. Hellfire, man. Ugh. It slaps. It slaps. It's disturbing, but it does slap. Um... Lilo and Stitch is is set to be a remake. I don't really understand that either. Yeah, just let Lilo and Stitch be Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch is one of my favorites. I love it's Lilo and Stitch. It's a blast and a half, but I don't need, like, a weird CGI Stitch. All right, and then we have another um, untitled Jungle Book sequel to be directed by Jon Favreau. What? Um, I don't know how they'll do a sequel. I think he, like, goes to live with humans at the end. Yeah. Does he go back? What if it was just, like, the story of a boy? Like, there's no animals in it. It's just live action. It's, like, boyhood. It's just, like, it's a, a kid. No, I mean, I'd be into it. Uh, then we've got a Pinocchio. Don't know how we'll do live action again because he's wooden. He's a puppet. It could be live action at the end. Yeah. Um, live action remake is actually just Pinocchio. Yeah. Like, they remake him into a live action. Into live action. I just had a brain, like... That makes a lot of sense to me. All right, and then we have two. We have Rose Red and Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Interesting. So they're going to do both of them. Interesting. Seems kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's going to be, like, um, 
like Snow White and the Huntsman. Like they're trying, gonna try to make it like sexy, sexy and intense. Dark. It didn't it didn't really work didn't for me, work. but yeah. Um. So yeah, those are the twelve Disney live action remakes that we have to look forward to. That's so much more than I need. Yeah, I mean, like I quoted before, they're gonna keep making them, even though they're objectively terrible. And, like, people will keep buying tickets, so why wouldn't they? Like, why would you stop doing a thing that's making you money? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I firmly believe it's because Disney has the most dominant and skillful hand on nostalgia that the world has ever seen. Yeah. Like, no one can beat them. And, you know, the thing about that is, as my junior year AP English teacher once said, nostalgia is a negative emotion, mm. which is something that reframed how I think about every piece of work that I read. So they're, they're just going to c- continue to create garbage, and we're going to continue to digest it. True. It's the only thing to scratch the itch of our childhoods that we'll never quite reach again. Wow. Um, and the other thing that I thought about in terms of just remakes in general is what I like to call the Heather's the Musical obligation. Interesting. I say this because I think that Heather's the Musical is better than Heather's the movie. Yeah, we talked about I love about Heather's. I, I've always loved that movie. I think it's excellent. Um, and I think it's very beyond its time. But Heather's the musical is fantastic. It's a fantastic musical. It's a fantastic reimagining. Not reimagining. It's an, it's a fantastic... It's because it's not a reimagining. It is a retelling of the original story. Yeah. It contains the same plot beats as the original story, but it's bringing something wholly new to the guts of the narrative. Yeah. And I think that if you are remaking a piece of art, a piece, a, a narrative from the past, you need to tell a new story with those same guts. Mm-hmm. You, that's what I think you are obligated to do. Yeah. Um, but they, they won't. I'm just saying that they're, I think they're they not should. Gonna. They're not going to. But, I mean, if anyone's listening, um, try harder. Do your best. To do and that. you're not doing your best right now is what I'm you. are not doing that. You're just, do- you're just doing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe they'll start getting great. Yeah. They won't. No. But, yeah, no. Um, I have some hope for Mulan because, again, like, they're trying something kind of new with it. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Who's, who's, like, behind it? I don't know. I mean, the most important thing that I learned at theater school was, like, representation on stage matters and is extremely important but representation in terms of like production direction yeah. like who's in the room yeah when decisions are being made is also very important so i i wonder like you know who's on the team yeah like disney is extremely white and extremely male so oh, yeah. i don't know how how great they can make it yeah so like a white lady is directing it yeah not great not great disney. not great um, so that's, that's that, um, in my constant struggle to make me be less obsessed with Disney. When I was at Disneyland, I gave them, like, $400. <laughs> Not as, like, a donation. Like, I bought a bunch of shit. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I bought a bunch of shit. Yeah. Now they have my money. I made a little droid. Um, oh, fun. I went to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Can I talk about it for a minute? Yeah. Galaxy's Edge was excellent. <laughs> Everybody hated on it, but I think it was great. That's all. Nice. <laughs> I got the circular Cokes. Ooh, yeah. I saw you tweet that. Yeah, I tweeted about that. Um, but anywho, um, yeah, I mean, go watch 101 Dalmatians. See if it holds up. Yeah. See if Glenn closes performance. 
is as excellent as I remember it to be. And then watch the Showtime series The Tudors, which is now on Netflix. Do both of those things. And until next week, we hope you stay horrified. Stay horrified. Thank you.